Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist trained in family therapy, and every week I answer one of your real life questions, offering you psychological understandings, strategies, and ideas to guide you. Before we begin, I always like to give you a little bit of a pause, just a bit of time to settle in before we have a conversation together. And this week, I'm going to suggest that you relax your nervous system by taking a cold glass of water, perhaps just a sip, or even just putting some icy cold water either on your temples or on your wrists. It's a really quick, easy way to notice relaxation in your body. And when you're ready, let's begin. I was just hoping that you might be able to give us a script um, for our little one. Uh, he's just coming up four um, and we have just welcomed um, his little sister into the family. Um, so he's had a bit of a regression with going to the toilet, um, mainly with his poos, um, which had only sort of just got secure, so I suppose I was kind of expecting it. Um, we're trying not to make a fuss and just sort of support him because... It is a big change that he's got to deal with and he's being so amazing, bless him. But I'm just not sure the words that I'm using are the best for him. So I was just hoping for a bit of a script for when he does have an accident, what to say. And maybe uh, kind of reminders in between time. I know maybe I want him to listen to his body so I don't want to be reminding him. But do you know what I mean? (laughs) All right, thanks very much. So the first thing I'm going to talk about today is the fact that learning to use the toilet is a process. And I know that this is often talked about as potty training, but the reality is that we don't need to train our children to use the toilet because essentially it's a process, okay? Yes, the outcome is likely in the long term that your child is going to sit on a toilet or a potty and successfully go for a wee or a poo. But the process is about noticing their body's signals. Children need to learn how their tummies feel before a wee and before a poo so that they can make sense of this as an anticipation of something happening to them. And one of the best ways that they learn this is through toileting accidents because without them, they cannot learn. So we need to first of all consider accidents which I know are messy and things that as parents we want to avoid but we want to understand that actually those accidents are part of the process and they're actually really important if our children are going to understand 
one of the basic steps of toileting, which is noticing your bodily signals. Secondly, it's about growing independence. When children start to use the toilet independently, they move away from things like using nappies and having you clean them up, check their nappies, do all the tidying up, and them being very passive receivers of care. So one of the biggest milestones for children when they start to use the toilet independently is exactly that independence and this is huge because again we need to really stop and think about our children their age and their kind of stage of development which for many means that they're ambivalent okay as in they are not sure that they want to grow up and they want to be independent from you but at the same time children love control we know that okay children love control they have a desire to do things by themselves and this leads them to have this push pull kind of relationship with using the toilet independently and finally when children use the toilet independently it's about developing body awareness they just become a lot more clearer about their body's needs because they're listening to their internal body cues now i'm going to say something here that may sit uncomfortably with some adults but i believe that many of us mute our bodily signals we've actually been trained not to listen to what our body needs, whether it's thirst or hunger or using the toilet. So many adults that I know hold and withhold, whether it's wheeze and poos, until the very last moment, just because it gets in the way of what they're doing. So it might be work or it might be a phone call or it might be whatever it is, but it's so, so common for us to have been trained and to work on muting our bodily signals and rather than meeting and listening to them to kind of muffle them with other noises which are often work related but they could be pleasure related but there are things that get in the way of us meeting our first basic needs and going to the toilet is a first basic need so when we're asking our children to learn how to use the toilet we are also hopefully trying to teach them that they need to listen to their body signals and they need to recognize and differentiate between those signals between a wee and a poo that they need to learn from accidents rather than be ashamed of them that they can be independent they can do things without us and we can be by their side while they're doing it it doesn't have to be a full separation even though Toileting is one of those milestones that is going to lead us to separate from our child because whether you're aware of it or not, when children start to use the toilet independently, it is the first milestone of like big separation from your child. And finally, their body awareness. We need to be really trying to work with them so that they don't muffle or mute these signals of their body but instead are listening to them and we're supporting them with that so how do we do that and given this question which is about a regression and i'm also going to talk about this from a different standpoint which is that for me the idea that children regress is really unhelpful Children are not having a regression in any of the skills that they're learning. And we need to think about this as learning, not learnt. So that means they're not fully mastered. 
And in this question, it's very clear that this little one has started to toilet successfully for poos, but it's very recent, okay? There's something in this question that tells me it is very recent and this child has only been successful for a little while and the parent isn't really surprised that this is the area that has kind of started to slack a little bit. So I'm going to call it slacking or I'm going to call it like fallen by the wayside, okay? But this is something this child is learning. It is not mastered. And this is really important that we really think about this when we're thinking about any skill, but particularly toileting. How skilled is your child doing this? And when I say skilled and mastery, I'm saying, can your child notice when they need a wee and a poo? And can they go to the toilet without you? And But what that I mean by that is not without you present there with them by the toilet. I mean without you prompting. So that means not saying things like, do you need a wee? I think you need a wee. I can see you wiggling around. Or even, huh, you haven't been to the toilet for a while. Do you want to give it a try? When we do this as adults, of course, what we're trying to do is teach our child that they need to go to the toilet regularly. But when we do that, what we're actually teaching our child is to look to us for prompting. It's to look for external cues outside of their body that tells them it's the right time to go to the toilet. And what that does is the opposite of what I said right at the start, which is rather than listening to their body signals, they are muffling and muting them because they're waiting for you to prompt them. So when I say a child has mastered using the toilet, I mean a child doesn't need your prompting. I mean a child is able to notice, I'm going to wet myself, I'm going to poo myself, and that will feel uncomfortable for me. And so I'm going to choose to go to the toilet and I'm not going to choose this to please an adult or to please that parent who's asking me to go, I'm going to go because this is my body and I want to care for my body and I'm going to do it. Of course, children are not going through that narrative in their heads, but ultimately, independently, successfully mastering using the toilet means that this is what children are choosing. They're making a choice and it is about building that body awareness, but this comes at the end, okay? This is like the ultimate goal. So you need to be really, really, really aware that when we're thinking about regression, we're not thinking about children taking a step backwards. We're actually thinking about children moving forwards. They are still learning how to use the toilet. And if they haven't mastered it, then it's more likely that it falls by the wayside when there is a big change in their life. It can be something like starting nursery or starting school, or like in this example, having a new sibling. And we know that having a new sibling can create a change in how children respond and behave and also how they develop the skills to master toileting or they just kind of take a pause on it. This isn't them taking a step back, it is them communicating something. And this is something I say all the time, children use behavior as communication. And often when there is something like a step backwards in toileting, 
It is a communication and we need to listen to this and understand it so that we can put in the right strategies to support our child and also to support you because it's really hard work when you've just had another little one in your world and you're all adjusting to this new family life with a newborn baby. So I'm going to talk Firstly, about what might be going on for your child, and I'm going to talk about it in very general terms, um, hopefully giving you some ideas to reflect on and to think about, and then I'm going to talk about some steps that you can take, so strategies that might be able to help you. And some of these strategies are not necessarily scripts, but I will try and guide you in thinking about when an accident happens, how do we respond in that moment, because I think that's a really key important part of this. Um, but just to remember that obviously the relationship you have with your child is unique to you and them and how they are learning and mastering using the toilet is also unique to your child. So there might be several things that you need to think about and some of them will be right for you and some of them will not. So just keep the things that make sense and drop those that don't. And although this is about mastering the toilet when there is a new sibling. I'm just going to talk in general terms about supporting children to use the toilet for pooing, which can often be a sticking point for little ones who may master using the toilet for peeing much quicker and much more easily. And there are some really good reasons for that. So I'm going to try and talk about that very briefly just to give you um, some support, some ideas, especially if this is affecting you and your child at the moment. And then I'll go into thinking about what we do about it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So let's think a little bit about what is happening to children when they have a new sibling. And perhaps they are developing this skill of using the toilet, but a new sibling shows up and what you start to notice is that there are more accidents or more particular accidents in certain situations. And you start to question like what is going on and why are they doing this at this point in time when you are so busy and so full of the newborn things that are back in your world and the adjustment to being a new family with a baby. And 
Really, what we need to do is try and see the world through a child's eyes for a few seconds. So I want you to really think about what it looks like to a child when they see a baby back in nappies being looked after by their grown-ups. And they just notice that it just looks so easy, right? Babies wee and they poo and they do this frequently throughout the day when they're newborns. And you're there changing their nappies, often chatting to them, cooing over them, you know, telling them how cute they are. We don't tend to think of baby poo as being really, really horrid because it's often milky poo and it doesn't really smell. It's not that intrusive. And what tends to happen is our older children watch it and what they see is to be a baby means having a lot more care. To be a baby means having a lot more attention. To be a baby means you can play and you can like enjoy lying there with some toys and somebody will come along and change your nappy and it doesn't matter if you poo nobody tells you off nobody tells you to stop playing and to try and use the toilet you can just be it looks easy and suddenly older children think wait a minute being an older kid is not that fun I want to be like that now of course That isn't what's actually happening in their minds. Children are not consciously becoming younger so that you can care for them. But really, that is what's happening. Often what older children are saying is, I want to be cared for like that. I don't feel ready to be separate from you. I don't want to be independent. I don't want to use the toilet on my own. I don't want to poo in there, you know, with my bare bottom. I just want you to do what you do to baby, which is wipe their bum and look after them. And this thing being completely okay without any interruption to my play or to anything else that I'm enjoying. Because let's be honest, going to the toilet to a little one interrupts their flow. And in particular, if your child was developing mastery at using the toilet and you were still being the one who was prompting them it is more likely that what happens is they pause. As soon as your attention is diverted elsewhere, that's when the accidents start to happen because your child no longer has those external cues that signal that maybe they need to do something. And your child hasn't really learned to listen to their bodily cues. And one of the really key areas for you as a parent in these moments is to stay patient and be consistent. So when the accidents happen, try as much as you can not to be angry, not to get irritated with your child and not to shame them or tell them, I thought you were a big kid. You could do this before. What's going on? I really want you to move away from this idea that your child should be an older kid. And I'm saying should with quotation marks. It's not about a, you should be an older kid. You should be okay going to the toilet without me. It's about understanding that your child is adjusting to a massive change in their life, probably the biggest change in their life, which is accepting a new sibling into their world, having to share your love, your care, your attention with another one. And 
whilst they were learning a skill, they're still learning it, okay? I'm going to say this multiple times on this podcast, but they hadn't completely mastered toileting yet. So it's an easy thing to kind of pause in this moment of transition because your child is also having to learn all these other things and adjust emotionally to other things. So the first thing we want to do is try as much as we can to avoid accidents being the feature. And instead, what we want to do is give our children as much one-on-one special attention as we can. Now, this is really hard when you've just had a baby, but it doesn't have to be long for it to be focused, meaningful, positive attention. It can just be a few minutes a day, which are spent between you and your child, which aren't being spent noticing behavior, noticing their toileting, whether they've wet, whether they've pooed. It's about being together. And what that looks like with you and your child is going to be different for everybody. For some kids, that's about playing. For some kids, it's about having one-on-one bath time. For some kids, it's about stories. For some kids, it's about just sitting together and having like a warm cuddle without baby there as well, taking your attention away. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it has to be something that's focused and meaningful. And at this age, when children are little ones, I really like giving it a label, whether it's special time, you know, mummy and you time or golden time or whatever you want to call it. But you want to give it a label so that your child has this concrete, very literal idea that there are moments in the day which are just for you and them. And you do want to name this for your child. You want to say something like, this time is so special to me. I look forward every day to spending this moment with you. It doesn't have to be those exact words, but you want to convey to your child that this is important for you, that you are protecting this time without new baby just to be with them. And this attention away from the toileting can be so beneficial because it's no longer giving your child attention in a moment where you're trying to teach them that they can do this themselves, that they can be independent, they can listen to their bodily cues. You're doing this in a moment that is separate, that feels positive. Something else I suggest you try is to really resist focusing on your child having accidents. And what I mean by that is try and resist the prompting. Do you need to go to the toilet? Do you need to go to the potty now? How about now? What, when did you last go? Oh, you're wiggling. I think you should try going now. Okay. This is so hard if this is what you have been doing. And this is kind of the model that you have in your mind or even in our society, because it's very, very common that actually for children to go to the toilet, it has to come through us. Because when we do that, we're actually giving our child a lot of attention And it's for the thing that we're trying to take attention from because we want to teach our children to do this independently. So instead, I'm going to ask you to do something very, very, very different. And if this is new to you, it's going to take a little bit of practice. But I promise that as soon as you start, it starts making sense. And what I want you to do is model when you go to the toilet. Okay, don't focus so much on prompting your child. Instead, Focus on your bodily signals. Can you notice when you need a wee and can you name it? And maybe you're playing with your child. Maybe you're having dinner. Maybe 
whatever, you're about to leave the house. Think about it, you know? What is your body telling you? Do you need to go to the toilet? And I want you to model and name it. So that might sound like, ooh, I think my tummy's got that funny feeling. Uh, I think I might need a wee. Oh, I'm really hungry. I want to eat dinner. But yeah, I don't think I can wait. I really think I just need to go to the loo now. Can we Can we just pause for a minute? Can you not all start eating without me? I promise I'll be quick. Go to the toilet. And I want you to practice this around pooing as well, okay? Especially if pooing is the issue around your child. But the modeling with the peeing will be easier because we all pee a lot more during the day. So there's more opportunities for you to do this. It's also going to help you really reflect on whether you listen to your body signals or not. So it's a really, really healthy, useful exercise for us as adults too. And when it comes to pooing, try and notice what that's like, okay? Notice the feeling if you can. Name it to your child. Ooh, my tummy's making that funny feeling. Oh, I think that's a poo. I think I can hold it in for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to hold it in for a bit. For example, you might try and hold it because that's surely what your child is doing sometimes. Try and hold it for a bit and then say, ah, no, my tummy's starting to hurt. I really think I need to go for a poo. Okay, I'm going to have to go now. And once you've had your poo, maybe talk about it and say, oh, you know what? I held it in for a bit. So that poo was a bit uncomfortable. I'm so glad I went when I went. Otherwise, I could have had an accident. That wouldn't be so nice. You want to name what it's like inside your body. You want to name those levels of comfort and discomfort that these bodily signals give you. And sometimes we need a wee or we need a poo in the most inconvenient moment. And naming this to our child is really helpful. Finally, another modeling I would display, and I did this a lot with my child, is this idea of pausing or freezing a moment. And this is when we don't want to miss out. So I kind of talked about it before when you're at the table, but perhaps you're playing or you're doing something together and you're enjoying it. Maybe you're watching something on a screen with your child and you might want to say, pause, freeze, I need the toilet, but I don't want to miss out. And what you want to show your child is that missing out on things when you go to the toilet is unfair and it does feel annoying and you don't enjoy it either, but that you can find a way of pausing these moments. And when you pause or freeze something and your child joins in, it's a little bit playful. So, you know, might freeze a game and say to people, you're not allowed to move for like a few minutes until I go to the toilet and they'll giggle about it. Or you might, you know, pause the TV. That's a really easy one. Um, But it's a really helpful thing to model and to demonstrate to your child that they have permission to do this, to do the pause, that they have permission to say to people, I don't really want to go to the toilet, but I know I need to. And that's an okay thing to do and to learn from it. And they learn this from you. And when you start modeling rather than prompting, I promise that what children start to do is follow your lead. Why? Because children want to do what we do. Children look up to us. We are their best role models. But there's a catch with that, right? When we're prompting them constantly, what we do is we teach them, I'm the only person who knows when your body needs to go to the toilet. While instead we role model going to the toilet, we're teaching them, you're the only one who can listen to your body and no one is the right time to go to the toilet. Now this 
is a process. This is the first thing I said earlier. It's a process. It takes time. There are going to be lots of accidents and this is not necessarily a bad thing. But if you also pull together this idea of having one-on-one, really kind of committed, meaningful, protected time with your child separate to the toileting and you divert the attention that you're placing on toileting to other areas which are more about being together, connecting, playing, reminding your child that they're super special, that you loved spending time with them, that you miss them, that you you know, the baby's here and it's a wonderful time for us as a family. And I really miss just having one-on-one time with you. I look forward to this golden time that we have every day where we spend a few minutes without baby. All those things feed into your child this idea that you want to give them attention. You want to care for them. You want to be with them. And that toileting is a separate skill. It's something that they're learning and developing and you're still supporting them in a way that allows them to be slightly more independent. So how do you respond to your child when they have a toileting mishap? And we can call them accidents, but I would really avoid using the word accident with your child. That's for you, me, other adults to think about, hold in our minds. Because the word accident feels like a mistake. It can also feel a bit frightening to children. Accidents are usually things like car accidents or something has broken in an accident or somebody's fallen and got hurt. So we want to stay away from that language. We want to keep it positive and we want to give them a message that it's okay. You know, maybe they weren't listening to their bodily signals and they can do better next time. So One of the ways to kind of talk about this, and I know in this question today, there was a question about a script. So I'm going to try and give you one, but of course, I'm not there. And you're going to have to change the words to meet the needs of your child in the moment. But it might sound something like, oh, sounds like a poo came out. And I don't know if you were listening to your body. Did you notice that your tummy needed a poo? You did, but you didn't make it in time to the toilet. Well done for noticing that your tummy needed to go. That's okay. I think next time you're going to make it to the toilet on time. Let's get you changed. Okay, let's give you a wipe. Sit on the toilet. Come on, I'll wipe you. I'll get you some new trousers and some new pants. Now, one of the things that I want to say, which I've said in this example a little bit, is you do want to act the way that you would if your child was toileting, which is change them in the bathroom, get them to sit on the toilet, wipe their bum, and then just very matter of fact, get their leggings or trousers and pants and just change them like nothing's happened, okay? And then straight away, wash hands, kind of do the standard toileting hygiene that you would do, okay? Flush the toilet, do put the poo in the toilet and say goodbye to the poo. Make sure that your child sees this. It's a really useful thing to teach them where poo goes. It doesn't go in your pants, it goes in the toilet, but you don't need to name that. You can just say, let's flush it away. Help your child see this is what toileting looks like. And then you just let them keep going, okay? Carry on. And I would keep it really, really positive. So you might say to your child, again, as they're leaving the toilet, you know, 
don't worry. I know you can listen to your tummy. I know you can listen to your tummy when you have a wee. And I know you're learning to listen to your tummy when it needs a poo. And I know you're going to get that poo in the toilet next time. We want to give our children confidence. And we want to give them that sense of, I trust you. I trust that you can do this. And I believe in you. I'm just going to say two more small things that I hope will be useful to you. It can sometimes help to call nappies baby nappies and to name when baby does a poo or a wee and say, oh, baby's done a poo. You know, babies don't understand when they poo, so it's my job to clean them up. I need to go change the baby's nappy again. And we want to make sure that we're kind of labeling it as a baby thing. We're not going to label that our older kid is a big kid, but we are going to emphasize this idea that babies are helpless and they're vulnerable and they really need us. And without us, they can't really do anything because that is a helpful differentiation for our older children. And finally, if your older child is struggling, particularly around pooing and they are having more accidents, I would also note and be aware of, even when there are lots of family changes, whether or not there is constipation around. Constipation can be quite sneaky and it can really get in the way of children being able to notice their bodily signals. And if this is the case, and often when we have a new baby, we change our diet a little bit or the family meals that we're having, we tend to eat a little bit differently or at different times. And this can also change our children's bowels and it can also make them slow down a little bit. And if this is the case, then try and focus on fiber, but also go to your doctor and just have a little check Um, And so if you think that there might be some constipation, then also know that sometimes what happens is what we call sneaky poo, which is the softer poo sometimes will dribble out. And this is completely passive to children. They don't notice there are no bodily sensations or cues to this. It's just poo dribbling out through the constipation. And it can be embarrassing to children. It can also lead them to being very confused because they don't know that it's happening. So just be aware. I always like to kind of touch on that because, you know, even though we're talking about learning to use the toilet, it is a bodily kind of biological action. And sometimes there are medical issues involved as well. And so I don't want you to dismiss that if you think there may be an issue there do work on the constipation alongside the positive attention, the resisting, prompting, and being the one who gives your child lots and lots of cues, and instead focusing on them mastering using the toilet. And just remember, it's a process. Just remember that until they're actually listening to their bodies themselves without your prompting and going to the toilet, and doing it successfully, they haven't mastered it, so they're still learning. And if your child is anywhere between the ages of two and six, they are still learning how to use the toilet. So expect these little mishaps now and again, and just see them as part of the process. And if you stay consistent and you keep going, I promise that as you adjust to your new family life and the changes that it has brought up, your child will carry on learning how to use the toilet and it will pass. And we're coming to an end. Thank you so much for joining me on another Talking Sense podcast. 
And if today's conversation has been useful to you and you'd actually like to learn a little bit more about how to support your child in learning how to use the toilet, I have an in-depth chapter on this on my Confident Parent course, which you can access on www.drmartapsychologist.com. As always, I like to end with a little mantra to just hold you for the rest of the week. And given our conversation today, my mantra to you is our relationship is my first priority. I hope you will join me again on another Talking Sense podcast. Until then, see you soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.